You're listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, episode number 34. In today's episode, I talk with psychologist, author, and all-round woman on a mission, Lana Hall, who's here to empower other women to live a meaningful, authentic, and joyous life full of confidence. I hope you enjoy this candid chat with Lana as we explore the ways that we can live a little slower, be a little more conscious, and stay in tune with what we're here to create. Enjoy. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. Welcome back to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. Today, I have special guest with me, Lana Hall. Lana is a psychologist, author, and woman on a mission to empower other women to live a meaningful, authentic, and joyous life full of confidence. Lana lives in Brisbane, Australia, and loves the beach, personal development, creative projects, random adventures, and peanut butter. Lana is married with two children, two businesses, and a tendency towards worrying about doing enough and getting things right. She was the original inspiration for her own book, The Slow Life Project, which helps readers focus on and embody what's truly meaningful to them and in doing so, feel satisfied on the right path for them and know that what they're doing is really enough. Having worked in the mental health field since 2006 and with a lifelong interest in personal development, Lana's big vision is to share the benefits of psychological strategies and knowledge with a much larger audience than she would have ever had the opportunity as a psychologist. Lana, welcome to the program. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for that lovely introduction. It's so fantastic to have you on. And, you know, I love psychology. So it's uh, I love chatting. As a mindset coach, you know, um, and essentially a psychotherapist as an NLP master, um, you know, I love, I love talking about how the brain works as an educator. I love talking about how the brain works and development. So I'm really excited to have you on the program. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. Lana, you're a published author as well as a psychologist. First, you said that you've got two businesses. Tell me what those businesses are. Okay, so um, I have my psychology practice, which is called Sage and Sound, and that is working with um, people who do want to see a psychologist. Um, And I've got a small team that helps me with that as well. And that's working a lot with people who have depression, anxiety, stress, um, or trying to figure out their, their life direction and where to from here, big life changes and coping with that kind of stuff. Um, I've had that business since 2018. And then my newer business is this, the slow life project, which is all about kind of taking the ideas that work from psychology and have worked with uh, the people I see in my practice and just making that so much more broadly applicable and accessible. So it is that whole idea of Um, You won't necessarily come and see me one-to-one, but I can still get that information out there. And that's what happened with the book. Um, And I'm starting to do more speaking events now. So, and coming on things like your podcast, which is all about just sharing that knowledge with the, the wider audience. Amazing. Amazing. I I just love the sound of the Slow Life Project. And that's really what we're here to talk about today is living the slow life. You know, you talk a lot in your book and in your programs about finding our purpose and the importance of that. You know, in my observations as a mindset coach, I see a lot of people who aren't necessarily living a life of purpose, but don't actually know it. So, you know, for anybody listening who perhaps doesn't know what the signs are, um, that their life may be lacking purpose, because I think sometimes that that's part of the problem is that people think that this is what it's, this is this is all there is. <laughs> this is it. This is all there is. So, you know, what are the signs that people aren't living their purpose or, you know, that there is, there's a lack of purpose there, um, yeah. but don't actually know it? Like, how will they know 
And what is the psychology behind the importance of actually knowing and living in our purpose? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> big question. That's a big question, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so the first part of that is, yeah. Okay. How how would I know if I'm not living a life that's kind of on track with a sense of, of purpose and fulfilling to me? Um, and I think that word fulfilling is probably a bit key. So if you know that you have hit a lot of goals, and that can be like your own personal goals or I guess more usually like social goals, you know, like I managed to get married, I bought a house, I've had the kids, but you're just kind of left with this unsatisfied, restless sort of feeling, then that to me is an indication that, yeah, there's something missing here and that maybe those boxes you ended up ticking weren't actually boxes that meant that much to you, you know, like we're all capable of kind Mm -hmm. of pushing ourselves to to get things done, you know, (laughs) Um, whether or not we're that interested or excited by it. So, um, yeah, if you've had success in those areas and yet you're still just not feeling it, it doesn't seem to have made you happy and you might be looking at other people's, you know, feeds on socials and being like, oh, you seem like you're really enjoying that, but I'm just not. Um, That would be a sign. Um, And often people won't let themselves know that, either. Um, because if you've ticked all the boxes and you think you should be happy yet, somehow you're not, uh, that can be quite a scary thing to acknowledge. So sometimes Mm -hmm. that just sort of shows up in like, yeah, a kind of flatness, lack of interest in things. Um, I think often with milestone birthdays as well. So (laughs) that can be a trigger for people. And that idea of, you know, people having a midlife crisis and buying the Ferrari or going to do something else. Worrying about aging. (laughs) All very symptomatic Mm. that, yeah, we're not actually focused on on purpose and and growth and moving towards that, Mm. but have gotten caught up in, yeah, ticking boxes that don't necessarily mean Mm. a huge amount to us. Do you think, you know, I I just love that so much because exactly what you described there was me before I made my life change, but I was actually, and, and even to this day, I'm very satisfied at the life boxes that I ticked and when I ticked them and I felt very fulfilled about that and I still do. But do you think that there's something in that around as we grow and change and develop as humans that our values change and therefore what fulfills us changes. And so it's okay to sometimes go, okay, well, I've done that now and now I want to do this. Like is that, and and it's, it's often those people who don't make that move that stay because they think, oh, well, I've done all the things now I've got to sit here. Is that, is that something that you say, see play out? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite fascinating because, um, I tend to think about values as something that's pretty intrinsic to you, mm. but then there's there's caveats to that. So the first one is that you're going to have a range of values and different things are going to be important to you at different points in your life. So that yeah. is part of that shifting that you're talking about. And the other thing I've noticed, uh, the longer I've been aware of this concept, the more I work with people on this concept, is that discovering what your true values are seems to be a lot like, you know, ripping layers off the the onion Mm -hmm. kind of an approach that Mm -hmm. things that um, are important to you, like first off, I feel like you just can't even see them necessarily. Um, Like I always use this example that, I used to run a lot and I was really enjoyed it and, but got satisfaction out of it, but I didn't really identify that physical health move my body must be really important to me because I was so stuck in the idea that, well, everyone does that, you know, like surely everyone just goes out and exercises regularly. It's like, uh, no, actually they don't, but it was so much Mm. a part of me that I couldn't see it. I was sort of looking Mm. for things that were my values and not being able to see like what was really locked inside me. Yeah. What you're spending your time on, which is what our values are a reflection of is what we spend our time on. So doing quizzes rather than just looking at, well, where is your time actually going? So that's part Mm. of it. Um, the other thing that I've come to realize as well is that sometimes the things we value are things that we avoid because they're so important to us that we're kind of scared of 
failing at it. Um, and you might've had poor early experiences with that. Like it was something that you did as a kid, got negative feedback. So you stopped doing it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so for that reason as well, it can take you a while to figure out that these things that seem scary might actually be something that you want to do with yeah. your time. Yeah. So and sometimes it's, it's about like, removing those, those mindset blocks that we have. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, like that's easier said than done, right? Yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, but I think if you're jealous of something somebody else is doing, then that can often be a sign of those kinds of blocks. If you're really not interested in the thing, you just won't care. But if you're sort of looking on and being envious, I wish I could do Mm. that, it probably is something that's, yeah, that's a value of yours. It just hasn't been well expressed yet and there's been a lot of kind of fear holding Mm. you back. Yeah. Mm, I love that. You know, it's really taking a negative and turning it around to a positive. You know, it's like, oh, thank you for showing me that, you know, actually this is this is something that I have a lack of fulfillment in and you know that it's something that maybe I need to pursue or remove mindset blocks around, you know, like it's yes, yes, great. Yeah. yeah, the strong emotions are key, whether they're positive or negative. So often I talk about values, and a lot of people do is like exciting, energizing, you know, those positive emotions, but also if you have strong negative ones, there's stuff to look at there as well, for sure. Love it. Many of my clients have moved from, you know, feeling some of these feelings that you've described and turned their experience around through entrepreneurship. And I guess I'm, like I've said, very much the same. And, and they've, they've gone from that, sense of you know lacking of purpose or is this all there is to you know to seeking out opportunities to enter entrepreneurship soulful startup business in coaching healing and and consulting would you say that that's a way that women can find more purpose is to you know um, look at doing something like that in the midlife and why that might be significant yeah um it'll work if that fits with your set of values I suppose um and yeah I guess it's interesting to have a look at particularly like you're saying with the midlife what's going on there um I mean my initial thoughts there's there's lots of different reasons that people can engage in any particular activity but when I think entrepreneurship I'm thinking oh independence you know like that's a Mm. chance to do that and if you're thinking midlife for a lot of women they may have spent a fair bit of time by that point in a care give a role um, or helping to establish you know safety and security for themselves and their families Mm. um and yes maybe that's because you've been told to do that yeah (laughs) and you just exactly yeah haven't been allowed to express that independence particularly for a while you know um Mm. I think late teens early 20s we're often doing a lot of that but then as you accumulate relationships and job histories and that kind of thing um yeah people can start to lose it so yes I think if there's a part of you that wants to be independent. I mean, I also think there's a lot around there about like self-expression. You, Mm. to my mind, like being an entrepreneur is a hugely creative act. You know, you have to make a lot of decisions um, and figure out how do I want to present this? How Mm. do I want to show up? There is How do I want to serve? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that fulfillment piece, that purpose piece is why they go to entrepreneur and why they turn to entrepreneurship because it's like, you know, this is a sense of purpose. It's a calling. It's a deep calling, you know, it tends to be for the women I work with that they're, you know, and I'm sure no doubt in your work as well. It's like, I feel so called that, yes, I can serve as, a, as being a psychologist in a practice, but also there are so many more people who can receive my message and make life changes through the you know through the work that you do as well like it's you know it's just such a deep calling for these women to to serve yeah yes which again yeah like that kind of comes back to that idea of prioritizing yourself or is it intuition what's going on there values yeah yeah um because obviously the people you're working with have got to a point where they can hear that within themselves to a certain degree and that's not true for everyone when they start out um often you have to really practice definitely. <laughs> <paying> attention <laughs> definitely yeah. listening to the whispers like I mean even that's as simple as you were saying around triggers you know being able to 
tune into the feelings that we have, you know, that, that are the results of our thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Whether they be, you know, conscious or subconscious thoughts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that's if you're paying attention, then there's a lot that you can kind of do to start living on purpose. Like I think, yeah, that's, I mean, you could sort of sum it up in that way. You know, if you pay attention and then you follow what's leading to that, that sort of idea of, oh, that's exciting. That's energizing. That looks good. Even though there might be some other big feelings showing up. Yeah. Um, but yes, you get a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment out of your life doing that for sure. Yeah. That um, really leads me beautifully to my next question, which is, you know, how else can women who are feeling a lack of purpose, like other than, you know, really starting to listen and tune in, you know, how else, if they're feeling a lack of purpose, can they reclaim it? And, you know, what are some of the key steps to help them find their purpose? Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. So, yeah, one way is definitely to just tune in and listen. Uh, mm-hmm. It's It can take some time, particularly if you're a people pleaser. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes. because that motivation has always come outside of self. Yeah, yeah. It's always been extrinsic. Yes. It's always been driven by other factors. Yeah. Yes. So I like the idea of um, having some time set aside where you essentially date yourself. Um, So you have time each week where you go and do things just to check out how do I feel about that? You know, so you go to the theater, go to the art gallery, go for a walk, go to the middle of the city, go to the middle of the bush um, and just keep checking in and sort of saying, well, what here is is interesting to me. Um, And I think if you know or learn a little bit about what counts as a value that really helps as well. So sort of understanding that just because I'm in business, there's a lot of different reasons why I might be in there. Um, Or just because I like hiking, like there's quite a few different motivations for that. So sort of trying to pay attention to where are the, the themes with this. Um, Cause like we said before, if you value independence or, you know, you want to hear your own voice more fully in the world or be creative, so many different ways to do that. Mm. Um, so, you, yeah, you don't ever need to feel stuck that uh, something's important to you, but you can't act on it right in that point in time. Um, there'll be other ways to mm. express that value. And so, yeah, thinking about activities as you're doing them um, and what are those deeper things themes that can help you if like you're saying you get to the end of a, an area of your life you're like oh, I think I've done what I need to do here where to now if you understand those core motiv- motivations so much easier to go and do it so yeah, yeah go on, out on dates for yourself as well as when things are happening just keep checking in with your body and paying attention you know if I hear a story that someone's telling me what's my gut reaction to that? Am I excited by it? Am I disgusted? Am I angry? Like what's going on there? Mm. Um, And yes, it's still just more just getting to know yourself, getting to know yourself, turning that focus. Like the onion. Yeah. Those layers. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some really great advice um, and very, very consistent to the sorts of things that, you know, that I talk about as a mindset coach as well. It's just, you know, like really tuning in and also, you know, when we're feeling those feelings is actually considering the thoughts that are driving those feelings. You know, what what's coming before that? What are the thoughts that come up? Are they subconscious? Do we need to dig a little bit deeper through that, you know, that deeper subconscious <laughs> work? Um, or are they just, you know, are they, are they just programming stories that we've just, you know, been told? I mean, one of the big things behind my big life change is, you know, I started to really question the status quo on so many fronts. And, you know, it was like, but why do we have to live in a house? Why do we have to, mm. you know, why do we have to have our children in school for their their entire schooling life? Why, you know, why can't we work from different places instead of just, you know, working in, you know, regular jobs? And why do we have to live in a big city? We don't want to live in a big city anymore. So it was like starting to question and challenge, why do I have to stay in the one career all my life, you know? Um, And it was really all of those questions that started to swirl that was the catalyst for massive change Mm. for me and just really, you know, challenging the status quo. But it really did come a 
lot from, you know, developing and cultivating my intuition. And a lot of that often started with, you know, that feeling of what's here for me, what's my body telling me, you know, what's my gut Mm. telling me. So yeah, yeah, I love, love all of that. And I think there's some great steps in there for those women who maybe are feeling a lack of purpose. And, you know, I just want to say to all the women listening who already know this stuff, that this is an opportunity, even if you know this stuff to stop and take a reality check, because I know mm. as somebody who knows all this stuff, I still get caught. Yes. You know, yes, I still definitely. get caught sometimes where I'm like, oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening. I've ended up here and I wasn't listening. You know, yeah. I, that was not right for me. And I really should have known that, but, you know, I didn't tune in enough. So it's a good opportunity for anybody who, who might be listening, who hasn't checked in in a while um, yeah. to see where they're in, in alignment with, you know, with what they actually really want. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to do it regularly and not assume that you know yourself and that things are going to stay the same. Like that's something um, that's a relationship uh, psychology technique. It's Mm -hmm. making sure you check in with your partner every so often around what is your dream holiday destination now? Who are you actually closest to in your life now? You know, what are you working on now? Um, Because like you sort of said with stories, we get an idea in our head as to how something is or how a person is or how we are. And we just keep forgetting to look and go, does that actually fit? Is that true? And I guess even more important, do I want it to keep being true? Because you've got that capacity to change it if you see it and are like, oh, I'm done with that. (laughs) I'm just done. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, It's just all about walking through the world with eyes wide open. Mm, yes yes Mm. but we definitely need reminders (laughs) we do we do because we're all human and you know and often so often we can just get tied up in whatever it is that we're doing yes definitely (laughs) um one of my favorite books Lana is Atomic Habits by James Clear and you know I'm, I'm really wondering like how important is it to develop healthy habits in order to live a slower life? Um, and how can we go about that? And the reason I'm asking this question is, you know, your Instagram bio says create a life that makes you forget to check your phone. And I know that that is very much a habit. It's, it's, a, it's a poor <laughs> habit. So, so I'm guessing that you feel strongly about these sorts of positive and negative habits. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, how important to developing those healthy habits is to living a slower life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Habits are key because it, I I mean, a good habit, I suppose to me represents something that is important to me that I've put enough time and, and effort into that. It's essentially become part of who I am because a habit isn't something that we have to think about creating consciously for ourselves. So yes, they matter a lot because if I'm just in the habit of doing certain things that align with my values, that means that I'm in the habit of just making myself feel more energized and excited (laughs) by my life. Mm. Um, And there's, you've got to keep in mind with that, that even if something's a habit, we still actually want to be paying attention to the fact that this is a habit that aligns with who I am and how good it's actually feeling while you're doing the habit. Um, Because I guess that's the, one of the downsides of habits is that they can go onto automatic and we forget to pay attention and notice, hey, this is something I'm doing that's actually really cool. I actually really like this and I actually really enjoy it. So the the fact that it is subconscious means that it's really easy to not pay attention and to just let our mind be flitting wherever (laughs) while we're doing it. Uh, But I think that's the two parts. If you can put things into your life that are automatic, that make you feel good, make you feel on track with who you are, then that is just such a such a great way to start off your your day each day and to live your life. But then, yes, you want to keep being mindful that this is a great thing that you're doing and how much fun is it that I'm doing this 
thing so that you're continuing to really get the emotional and self-confidence benefits of doing those things. It's so easy to just forget and just be like, oh yeah, that's just what I do. Like I talked about with the running. Oh, that's just what I do. You know, no, actually you're getting out of bed and pushing your body to do something that's quite challenging. You know, you can notice that and feel good about that. Mm. I wish I felt good about that. <laughs> I am, uh, what I feel good about is sleeping in. So yeah. um, getting up early, especially in winter, is not my favourite thing to do at all. I like to be warm and toasty in my bed in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> And I think, you know, all those years of getting up early to go to work and now I'm like, nah, you know, uh, right before we're recording this podcast episode at a quarter past 10 in the morning and, um, I got out of bed at 10, so <laughs> not going to lie. I no, was, I got out of bed, I was actually five. on a call. <laughs> I was on a call between 9 and 10 with my membership and they're very used to seeing me on that Friday morning call <laughs> working from my bed. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, like it, it is one of those things that, oh, I don't know, I think with feelings, you know, it's a difficult thing. It still comes down to that discernment, doesn't it? Like, you know, I, I've spoken about this a lot recently where, you know, feelings are really important, but also, you know, I think it's really important for listeners to be able to know that, yes, it's about how it feels, but it's also about having that discernment to call ourselves out on our own bullshit. <laughs> yes, which is why I kind of like energised because energised, um, I suppose, like it's excited, but it can also be fearful as well. And definitely yeah. from a psychological perspective, one of the other reasons that you have values in place is that you have these words and these ideas to pull you forwards, even though there might be big negative feelings that are coming up for you, which will relate more to those stories or past thinking habits. Yeah, patterns. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, following all our feelings isn't necessarily a good idea. I mean, if you did that, you'd never get up the motivation to do make the yeah. new habits. I, I think I need to stop following that feeling and I like to stay in bed in the morning. <laughs> I think it's the difference between feeling good and just, um, you know, like I'm avoiding it. Like I think if you yeah. actively are lying in your bed going, oh, this is so wonderful, which is me at night, I'm just. Oh, I totally do. So I'm like. <laughs> I, I do know that. often in gratitude, in full gratitude that I get to do yes. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a great thing. But, it, you know, I guess, again, it's like it's one of those things that I have to discern, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I consciously need to go, well, this feels really great for me today, but tomorrow I'm going to come up with something different and I'm, you know, if I need to get up for other reasons or have an exercise, haven't moved my body, it's like need to get up and go for a walk with the hubby when he takes the dog in the morning. Yes. You know, it's, um, yeah, but it, being in tune with our feelings is, it's so important. It drives so much of what we do. Yes. And there's, like you said, there's always information to learn, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it guides out action sometimes it's like all right that's information and now I'm going to go do things differently today yeah tell me about what it means to you to live a slower life and and what you teach people about living a slower life yeah um for me it is all about paying attention so slowing down enough to pay attention and then um Once you're paying attention, like we've already talked about, noticing the things in life that are important to you and then making your best efforts to fill your life up with that kind of stuff. And there's always going to be other life admin things to do for sure, but (laughs) that's that's kind of the goal. Um, Like I said before, with the habits, it's so important to really be paying attention and noticing and enjoying the things that you're creating. And so often we're busy in service of a particular value, you know, like I I value helping others. So I'm rushing around doing these things. But if you're not really taking the time to notice their gratitude, if you're not noticing how it feels good to do that stuff, you might as well not be doing it. So (laughs) it is so important to be going at a pace that allows you to actually pay attention to all the good stuff. Mm. Um, And even with, with habits and patterns, if you do something, you know, 
think about like confidence. If mm. you go out and do something that's scary for you and yet you fail to notice, oh, I coped with that. I did that thing well. It'll mm. keep being scary and you won't grow your confidence. But if you slow down long enough to notice I survived that, that was okay. It's that kind of thing that then shifts your, your habits of your mind. Beliefs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it replaces old old beliefs and patterns with new ones it's evidence right yes yes so yeah I definitely think that the slow part involves going at a pace that allows you to pay attention to what's going on Mm. to to slow down and savor the good moments but also to be aware of yeah the the thinking that's maybe getting in the way of me being able to to live more fully as myself Mm. yeah I love that so, so important and something that I'm sure that even times you forget. Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, yeah. uh, it's so easy <laughs> to, to forget that even when we know that that's an important thing, you know, taking time, you know, I, I wonder like in doing that, taking that time to say, yeah, like, thank you for reminding me that this is what I enjoy. This is what lights me up. How does that play out? in both ways for those when we recognize it and those when we don't how else does that play out psychologically you've given the example of of confidence but you know does that does that manifest into things like um depression and anxiety that you see in the clinic um often depression and anxiety come from not paying attention to what's actually happening right now um anxiety is a lot of going forwards into the future and um that inability to compartmentalize well yeah to stay present so i'm going to think about things in the future which is stressful um but i'm also going to imagine usually negative things that's what's creating the anxiety and then i'm bringing that into my world that's reality right now yeah yeah because our mind is not that great at telling what's real and what's imaginary so if you're imagining a stressful situation you bring it into the present and you experience that stress like you would if if it's in that moment right yeah yeah except for that levels go up (laughs) yes yes um because our brain's so fast you can think a lot faster than you can actually experience and so the speed of the mind coupled with the negativity is what's creating that it ends up being like an anxiety disorder that it's, mm-hmm. it's thinking very, very fast about lots of bad stuff. That's not happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then mindfulness becomes part of that because if you can come back to the present and just notice what's going on around you, it's so much less stressful than what's been going on in your head. And it's only mm-hmm. happening one moment at a time. It's really quite boring compared to yeah. that All level these of created stories that we have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it it really, it sort of plays out in anxiety like that. Mm -hmm. Um, With depression, it is often more to do with where your focus is going um, and focusing on things that like a sense of lack, what you've missed out on going back into the the past. past. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, And it, it often is a slower physical pace but people will still talk about their minds going at at quite a speed and yeah replaying over and over again and yeah again if you can come back to the present and notice what's happening it's okay yeah Yeah. most of the time (laughs) yeah yeah uh that's um you know I think that ability to have that conscious awareness and that compartmentalization has you know I, I have had anxiety, you know, I, I had a breakdown after my first child, my mum was, uh, and then my mum was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So that was 2007. Um, and you know, my daughter was 20 months old, first time mom, I probably had some postnatal, I want to say postnatal anxiety. I don't yeah. think I had postnatal depression. And I think that there's some really good reasons around that. Part of it was perpetuated by the medical system who kept mm-hmm. denying that I was capable of identifying the, my daughter's needs that, you know, yeah. I needed help. And I had to keep going back and going back and going back um, around her reflux. And then my mum was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and that brought on a, a big 
breakdown of anxiety yeah. for me where I was dysfunctional for quite some time, you know, barely really able to leave the house for a few weeks until things kind of settled down. I was put on medication and, you know, that took quite some time to resolve. And I've been fortunate mm. enough to not need to go back onto medication, but I've certainly had times where I've had the script there ready um, yeah. and I've had to work really hard. You know, one of the things that really has helped tremendously for me with anxiety was learning NLP. So NLP as, as a person, not as a practitioner, yeah. um, you know, this is why I chose to do NLP because it just really changed my life in helping me like actually compartmentalize my thoughts and be present in the moment mm. so I could see what's happening in my reality and go, well, actually, that's not true and start to question my thoughts about, you know, that I was creating that was obviously creating the chaos that was creating the rising cortisol levels and all yes. the, the other health problems that come with it. So, you know, I think that that's just such great advice um, and I'm testament that that works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, absolutely living proof that you can stay out of um, as much as possible. And, I, you know, I've always said that, you know, there will likely be a time it'll it'll rear its ugly head again and I will have to deal with it. And sometimes that's, it's often when I've lost sight of being consciously aware of those feelings mm -hmm. in my body or those thoughts that I'm having. So it's bringing myself back into alignment with that, slowing down. Yes. Um, you know, it's just, it's so healing. It, it's so important. Um, and particularly when we're, you know, our nervous systems are just frying every day. Um, that chance to realign is, is huge. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think you said something really important there that it's, yeah, when we stop paying attention to our thoughts, we will just automatically run with them and act yeah. as if they're true. And that works okay if you've got positive thinking habits in place, uh, but it's not great if the negatives are mm. there. But paying attention is that pause point where you can remember once you know yeah. <laughs> that, oh, I don't actually have to think this way, that just because I'm thinking something doesn't necessarily mean it's true and I really need to look at is that serving me, is it pushing me mm -hmm. towards a place that I want to go? And I think, like you said, if you haven't learnt that idea, mm -hmm. then you don't know that you can do that and you do just get stuck in the same patterns and the same ways of, of being. It's sort of like you said about questioning society as well. You've got to realise, oh, I can actually do that, you know, that there are different ways of being. And I think that's actually one of the really great things about the world we're in now is you do see people questioning things so much more. You know, it's a good thing that came out of COVID. Oh, yeah. it's possible to actually work at home, yes. you know. Yeah, the great thing yeah, about social media. Challenge the status quo. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. one of the probably most mind-blowing things that someone had ever said to me um, when I first really started on my 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 intentional personal development journey, I feel like I was doing it very well on my own um, <laughs> for quite a number of years before I actually stepped into the real world of, you know, personal development. But very early in that piece is, you know, um, my coach at the time basically said to me, you get to choose your own thoughts. And that was yeah. like a revelation. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like that, that literally changed my life, you know, yes. going, I get to choose whatever I want to think, you yes. know, like I, if I don't like that thought, I can go, I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm going to think something else. And yep. That is just so empowering, you know, and it also drives the feelings in our body that drives the actions that we take, that drives the results that we get in everything, yeah. in our relationships, in our finances, in our work. It's just, it was, that was just one of the most mind blowing things. And, you know, this chat really um, reminds me of how important it is that in any moment we get to choose what we think. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's easy to forget because the thoughts are running all the time. And, you know, like when often when I'm thinking about it, it's like it elevator music going yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It's just what's there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I often think about it like if you open up your cupboard and you want to cook something new, you're going to need to take all these new ingredients out there. It's not going to be the stuff that you automatically 
reach for and not because there's anything wrong with that stuff it's just not an ingredient in this new thing that you're cooking or that you're creating with your life and so yeah oh oh I picked that up again oh I'll just put that back down I don't need that one anymore mm-hmm. got to look over here for this new thought that's going to cre- contribute to that new yeah. reality and that it can be that kind of matter of fact you know you don't need to beat yourself up for getting caught up in stuff um doesn't matter if you pick the wrong thing up 50 times fine you just got to put it back down just keep reaching for the new next one you know and you'll get there you'll create the thing that you want yeah and you know i mean i guess that whole feeling guilty about oh you know or berating ourselves or feeling shameful about you know our thoughts because that that's possible you know i know some of the things I've thought about even my kids sometimes and then I feel really shameful about that and you know that brings about the lowest frequency feelings that we can have which Mm. then manifests in other ways you know in poor health in you know um, depression anxiety you know all of these other things so um, it's just so it can be so easy like it doesn't have to be hard it gets to be so easy like you said with you know, choosing new ingredients to to create a new reality is, you know, I love that analogy. Mm, mm. Lana, tell us about your book. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, so the book is called um, The Slow Life Project. And a lot of the stuff that we've touched on in this talk today is certainly on the in the book. Um, sort of broke it down into three parts. The first one is all about how I define values, um, because often people have learned different things if they've learned about mm-hmm. values in like a corporate kind of setting, or you may yes. never have come across the concept before. Um, yep. Some exercises to help people figure out what their values might be and that is includes stuff like we talked about today like where's your time going as an in, initial love indication <laughs> I love value elicitation it's one of my favorite practices I do with as an NLP master excellent it's excellent. life-changing yeah. for people to know their values that's right and yeah it's, it's always fun and fascinating to see like oh and what are yours gonna be you know <laughs> so yeah. exercises uh to take people through that process the second part of the book is all about how do I maximize the enjoyment I'm going to get from my life now I know what my values are and so that is sort of talking through how important it is to be mindful giving people ideas around how can I live more fully by these values Um, so working through goal setting and that kind of stuff Um, how you can use values to kind of move on from setbacks so we're not getting caught in that regret and that guilt Um, Mm. and then part three is all around the blocks so and that is we've already talked about these three key areas, lack of motivation. So how to move, (laughs) reduce those blocks, (laughs) Um, the thought patterns that can trip us up um, as well as feelings, how to kind of manage big feelings when they come up and they're preventing you from taking action that you want to take that's in line with your values. So I sort of tried to make it real basic this is how if you have these tools, you'll be able to live a pretty good life. You'll know what is important to you and satisfying. You'll know how to maximize the value you get out of that. And you'll know how to minimize the blocks that can crop up in relation to that Mm. stuff as well. Life-changing stuff. Like it really, really is life-changing stuff. It's so, you know, I just wish they taught this stuff in schools. (laughs) Yes, yes. As an educator, I could say that this is far better to be teaching Mm. our young people than half the other crap that's in the curriculum well that's right it's very generalizable right you can take it and use it for the rest of your life (laughs) well it just makes for a happier society really and and a more fulfilled society a society that you know has a higher level of contribution Mm. you know because people are in touch with their values and people know you know when they know that it's going to drive their actions it's it's just huge I think it's great work Lana where can people get the book and also I want you to mention your program as well because you've got the program that goes alongside the book so tell us where we can get those yes all right um so book is available from major online retailers um I mean if you headed to the website theslowlifeproject.com there's big links there (laughs) to get the book but things like Amazon Booktopia Mm-hmm. Um, if you love supporting your local bookstore, then you can just ask them to order you in a copy if they don't already have it. Um, 
in terms of the Slow Life Project program, that is sort of a more fleshed out one-to-one version. So instead of buying a book and working through it by yourself, you get the support of me or someone who's been trained by me to help you figure that stuff out. And it is very much a shortcut a lot of the time because it can be hard to see um, who we are. Like we've already talked about it. It's so easy to just be like, well, that's the way things are and forget that, no, no, that's actually unique about me. Um, So you get support in things like how do I figure out my values? What are my particular thinking blocks and how am I going to move past those? Again, so useful to have somebody else that's outside of you doing that work with you, for you, <laughs> uh, yeah. alongside you. Um, so I feel like it's it's a shortcut to success. If you want to go down that route, then there's certainly that option to learn, okay, this is what this information that's in the book means for me personally. This is how I apply it. And you get a lot of accountability one-to-one as well, I'm sure. <laughs> You're yeah. aware of this, Sharon. Yeah, just absolutely. <laughs> accountability is, you know, it, you know, there's a lot of coaches, particularly in the solar business industry that, you know, that reject it and, you know, think that it's a bad thing. But the truth is um, we, as humans in a busy world, um, it, it, it doesn't feel, if it feels like someone's beating you over the head with a stick, then you don't have the right coach. It yes. should feel supported. It should feel, you know, really great that you've got a running buddy, um, yeah. not someone standing over and, you know, standing over you or holding you with a barrel, holding you over a barrel, but actually a running buddy, you know, like yeah. someone who is championing you on and just supporting. And I think accountability is key to so so much when it comes to you know getting to where you want to go oh definitely and you know like this is the whole idea of of even just setting a goal that's some accountability to yourself to take action in a particular direction and I think yeah yeah, that you know emotions particularly fear get in the way so Mm -hmm. much and that having that accountability really does help us take action even when those feelings are there like we're just left to our own devices we're really good at pretending things don't exist yeah so true Hmm. Lana I've got three questions that I ask all of my guests um and the first one probably isn't um you know I mean what you do as a psychologist probably isn't all that obscure compared to a lot of the guests that I have on the show so it might seem a little bit bizarre all right my first question is how would your parents describe what you do for a living (laughs) um yeah, I mean, well, they would probably say psychologist. She helps people. Um, yep. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if I've ever heard my parents describe me. I think, yeah, she helps people. Um, even my kids who are, you know, at the age where they've asked, what do you do? Would say, oh, mommy helps people with their mind. So that's that's yeah. going to be my answer. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, what has been the most joyous part of your life and business journey to date? <laughs> wow. Uh that's a huge question. Um big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the most joyous part of my whole life to date. Um I think it's connection. I think connection is a, a big deal, you know, like feeling really connected. It's one of my highest values. <laughs> my language. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, my family is really important to me, but also in the work that I do with clients or, you know, even people who reach out and they've read the book and they're like, oh, me too, you know, and being able to sort of say, hey, we're not alone in this, this stuff that, you know, you get worried about and trips you up, it trips us up too, you know, like that sense, oh, we're all human, aren't we funny rather than, um, yeah, yeah, feeling bad and feeling isolated. So those, those opportunities to sort of say, come here, we're all in this together are really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, you know, then I can tick off kids, marriage, all that kind of stuff in that one. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, no, I love that. I think, you know, I think it, at the crux of it, you know, for me, definitely connection is, you know, it's just such, well, as I say, it's one of my highest values. You know, Mm. I went to a networking event last night, a local networking event. And, you know, most of my clients don't live locally to me. There's very few businesses locally that 
would be needing my services. Um, And, you know, it's sort of, you know, sometimes I've stepped back. I'm even the president of a a women in business organization locally. And, you know, I think sometimes I think, oh, why am I doing this? Like, this is not, this is not really, you know, Mm. beneficial to my business. And then I'm like, yeah, but connection is my highest value. Yeah. (laughs) And other than my clients that I serve and obviously my family and my friends, it's sort of like, I want to be connected to my community. And that is my way of plugging into my community, not, not through, you know, my kids' schools or, you know, not, not helping with the PNC or things like that. It's like, that's how I connect. That's me filling my connection cup. So, um, but I've had to dig on that. You know, there's been moments where I'm like, am I in alignment here? Like, is this, is this, yeah. you know, because sometimes it's sort of like when you've got a business, you're really focused on how you use your time in relation to your business. Mm. But, you know, so I really had to check myself with that. But, you know, I think, yes, sometimes there has, it has to be, you know, a return on investment as far as time, but yep. there can also be other types of return on investment. And maybe that's just filling up that bucket, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Just as important. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Lana, where can listeners find and follow you? Sure. Uh, so yeah, there is a website, theslowlifeproject.com. I have a podcast um, and I'm quite yes. excited about that because it's still yes. pretty new. Yes. Uh, so I would love for people to go listen to that. And that is called the Slow Life Project podcast. Um, and then we've got a Facebook page, Instagram fa- page as well, which is at Slow Life Project co so they're the the different ways mm-hmm. to find me um you could sure you could find an email or like a dm me if you've got questions or mm-hmm. want to connect because i love that kind of stuff so more than happy to hear from people who've listened to this episode who have questions or want to find out more love that and um for the people listening who don't have a pen right now you'll find the links in the show notes so um go and check them out lana thank you so much it's been such a pleasure connecting with you yes, that's um, right. <laughs> today and and over the past 12 months because I'm sure that we've um we've been connecting over that time on and off and following your journey has been fantastic seeing the launch of your book your podcast um and also you know the wonderful work that you bring to the world that I know is life-changing um because it's just I see it, I've lived it and, um, and it's just, it's just making for a happier society, happier people. Mm, So thank you again. Oh, thank you so much for having uh, me on. Really loved having the chat and it's so nice to hear you say those things. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Lana. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com.